Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000, also available on demand. On the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. I mentioned the uh, Packers and Chiefs. That game. I'm sorry, Packers and Chiefs. It's Packers playing Seattle tomorrow. I'm sorry. Not yeah, Kansas. when you said that. That was I... last. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Packers were at home against Seattle, and you've got Russell uh, Wilson coming back also. And um, because Aaron Rodgers likely going to play, that game opened a, a Packer five and a half points. But it's weird. It's dropped down to three and a half points. Which is weird that it's dropped two points with Aaron Rodgers likely to come back and play in that game. Now, we so. don't know. Have they talked about how he's doing physically after COVID? Um, I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, so obviously some people have symptoms that last beyond. Right. We've seen that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, some people have it really bad, but he's been on, you know, he's been out on podcast this week and doing other things and um you know staying supposedly staying away from and he has no worms which is good yeah well there's he's worm free yeah well you know that's a good thing um patrick finley did an article today in the sun times and again if you you may not buy the paper but if you if you want to read a really good sports section the saturday sun times does a great job um, they have feature articles on every team in town. And you there was can White get it Sox. online. It was right. It was White Sox. It was Cubs. You can get all that stuff. And um, so I subscribe during the week because I've been reading the Sun Times since in the, since I was a sophomore in high school. Freshman year, I was more worried about trying to maneuver my way through the the halls of Morton East. Right. But sophomore year, I was able to buy the paper and read it all the time. So anyway, <laughs> probably before that, I read it. But um, so in Patrick Finley's column today. He talks about explosive pass plays. And at halftime of the game against Pittsburgh, both Roethlisberger and Fields had each thrown for 63 yards. But Fields was averaging 15.8 air yards per pass, basically meaning just what it sounds like, the ball's going through the air um, on the pass, where Ben Roethlisberger was averaging 3.2. Now, over the last two games, Week 8 against the Niners and the Steelers, no one in the NFL has averaged more air yards per attempt than Fields at 12.82. And you can certainly tell that it's yeah. starting to get right. so, to that point to where he's throwing further. And this is not just the opponent. Nobody in the NFL. Yeah. So none of your guys, none of your Mahomes, your Garoppolo's, your your any, anybody. Nobody has thrown the ball through the air um, per attempt more than Fields has. Okay. Fields went 9 for 16 for 225 on passes that traveled at least 10 yards. That's not bad, 9 for 16. Um, now, the, we've certainly seen that in his development, but that's really hard to comprehend that he has beat out everybody else. Yeah. So, basically, he's getting the ball downfield. He's throwing the ball. He's doing what Bears fans want the Bears quarterback to do. Basically, the Bears offense is getting is catching up with the rest of the National Football League after being in a dark hole for a long time. Now they're actually coming out to the sunlight. They're coming out and seeing that this is the way the game is supposed to be played. It's played that way by the other and, 31 And we're teams. actually running. Well, maybe not the other 31. The Lions aren't playing that way. But, um, but yeah, and they're running. Though. The Bears had 12 pass plays of 20 yards or more through the first seven games. Okay? 12 of 20 or more. They've had eight in the last two games. So... 
they're doing what they're trying to do. They got explosive plays going downfield and things like that. Now, Fields still has to work on some other things. We're going to hear some comments from Fields. He was on with Waddle and Sylvie. You can get that whole interview on uh, the ESPN Chicago app. Just go to the Waddle and Sylvie show and you can listen to it. They played it yesterday at 2.30. Then I think they played it again at 5.30. Mm-hmm. And uh, they may even have it separate. Sometimes they have separate interviews out. But if you want to listen, make sure you listen to uh, the Jay Cutler interview, too. Cutler joins the guys at 3 o'clock on Fridays. So Fields, talk about an offensive line that needs some help. Fields has been sacked a league high 29 times for a league most 219 yards. That's how many yards they've lost. That sack the other day by T.J. Watt when they were doing a bootleg, a naked boot to the right, and all of a sudden T.J. Watt was blocked by nobody, and he came in and nailed him. That was not nice. So the sack rate is 13.4%, the 29 sacks divided by his past attempts, which is the worst in the NFL since the Raiders rookie Andrew Walter in 2006. So it shows you that the sacks not only are bad, but they're costing them um, a lot of yards. Okay? And we didn't, uh, coming into the season, no real surprise. We knew we had uh, offensive line challenges. Once the season started, because Tevin Jenkins, the guy they drafted, had back surgery. Uh, they had to get Jason Peters out of, off his fishing boat or whatever, yep. and him, him come into play. But they've got a rookie, this Larry Borum, who's playing at the uh, right tackle position. Yeah, you know, he got beat by T.J. Watt, but T.J. Watt's one of the best in football. This Larry Borum's playing very, very well. I heard Waddle talk about it the other day. And, again, when I'm listening to ex-football players talk about linemen, I'm talking about that. And I also heard Olin Krutz yeah. talk about Larry Borum. So you've got a guy in the right tackle, maybe a guy that can be there for a lot, for years to come. So and maybe Jenkins, didn't we hear Jenkins? is uh, He's already training. Yeah. And we may see him. He was working out, season. which is weird that usually they don't bring guys on road trips that can't play. It used to be they would never bring a guy on a road trip if he was hurt, couldn't Doesn't play. Doesn't make a lot of sense. IR, yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know why Tariq Cohen's with the team all the time. That doesn't make any sense. Um, also, over the last two games, the Bears have allowed seven sacks and uh, 13 quarterback hits. Nagy said the line played better against uh, Pittsburgh, but, um, yeah, T.J. Watt had his his way. Uh, we'll hear from Fields in a second. First, let's go on out to the roads. And, Max, you're on ESPN 1000 with Fred and Xander. What's up? Hey there. Hey, how you doing? Okay, Max. Good. Yeah, you know, you, you guys all throw all these numbers out or whatever, but it's a back to wins and losses. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. Sure it does, but they're starting to score points, and the offense wasn't the reason they lost the game last week. It was the defense who gave up a bunch of yards and also couldn't hold the lead with a minute 46 to go. Well, the stalwart was the defense for the last three games. I mean, and they haven't shown up. But when they do like they did in the second half of the game, the defense has to make a stop. Yeah. You know, Pittsburgh's not that great, though, so. No, I agree with you on that. I right. agree, but their their defense isn't bad. Their, their, their secondary's not bad. Um, they're a very good defensive team with uh, some of their schemes and stuff like that. But you're right. Pittsburgh has a team, and Pittsburgh usually doesn't score many points. That's why for the Bears' defense to give up 29 points to a team that's struggling scoring with injured wide receivers and the running back, the Bears held the running game down. I think um, their their running back, Najee Harris, only only averaged like 2.8 yards per carry. So they did a good job there, but then when they needed to make a stop, they showed that they, they couldn't make one. Well, that's that's the most important part of the game. Yep. Yeah, you know? I know. 
I know, but aren't you encouraged at all by what you've seen? Oh, I mean, I'm totally, I'm totally encouraged, but the part is that we have to start fa- earlier and faster. It can't be coming late. It's got to start earlier. Yeah. yeah well, we're, we're not doing our, ourselves any favors waiting. No, six points in the first half is going to be tough to come back with, uh, Max. I, I, I agree with you on that. Appreciate the call. Um, they need to score more. You can't, you can't go at halftime with just a couple of field quicker. goals. Yeah. And I think they're able to do that because of the air yards that you're getting from mm-hmm. Justin Fields and things like that. Uh, there was a little bit more in this article I wanted to make sure I got to because, again, if you get a chance uh, in the Sun-Times today, it says uh, Fields has leaned on a wider variety of targets. Nine of Cole Komet's 28 catches and 111 of his 284 yards have come over the last two weeks. So they're starting to use Cole Komet, which we've been talking about, which Matt Nagy said earlier this year, we got to get the ball to Cole Komet. And we sat yeah, here she, with our she arm, said that last year. Yeah, and with yeah. our hands up in the air, like, you're the guy that would get him the ball. Um, Allen Robinson, 68 yards Monday, the most he's had all season. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, Graham, Robinson had their longest catches of the year against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So that's all good stuff. Going into a bye, they get time to rest up, relax, get back to camp. And play against the Ravens team that just got beat by the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night. Shocking. It was, and, and the week before that, they were down 14 points to the Vikings in the fourth quarter and came back and tied that game and then won in overtime. So going into the Steelers game, I thought that was a winnable game. I talked about it before. I thought, I think the Ravens game next week is a winnable game. Before the last two weeks, I might not have said that. But the way the Ravens have played the last couple of weeks, this Bears team going in at home against a Ravens team, I think that's a winnable game next week. Who are the uh, Ravens? Yeah, they're, they're, their next game is the Bears. Yeah. Because they play they get, Right. They have time well, off. You know, they have a lot we, of time are off, we, too. Are we concerned about them? You know, when you have a team that doesn't have a couple of good games, at some point they get revved up. Sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. know. So are we concerned about that? Because a bye week doesn't necessarily give us anything. No. You know, we just hope that Justin, you know, it does a little better than last time. But there are a lot of things to fix. You, to be honest, you would especially have, on the D side. You would have preferred the Bears didn't have a bye after they played right. as well as they did against Pittsburgh. And I, again, I understand first half was bad, but things started to click in the second half, and you want to get back out there on the field. The the, the greatest thing about that game was when Justin had that had to get downfield. You know, and yeah. uh, had to get that score up there, and it was just executed really, really nicely, and and that's his development, right? And yep. you know, the right plays. Yes, they get uh, you know Laser and his uh, you know whoever's helping him. I don't. We don't even know if Matt's in there or whatever. But the case is, or the point is, I should say that uh, the plan was executed the way it should have been, and that was really nice. And yeah. then we needed D to step in, and they did not. They did not. Uh, a couple other things, and and. It, when I was done watching the game, I thought the defense played okay because they did slow down the running game for the Steelers and things like that. But when I see guys that played the game in the NFL, Lance Briggs, Alex Brown, and they say, listen, it's the defense's job to stop the other team. You can't give up 29 points. What the Bears used to always do, and this is beyond the 85 Bears. This is the Alex Brown, Lance Briggs Bears. They said our goal every game was to hold the opposition under 17. He said... The Bears gave up 29. Yeah. Because that's way too many points. Yeah. You can't do that. But if you're going to give up points, you've got to make that one stop when they need you. And they didn't do it. A couple other things really quickly before we take a break. We'll hear more from uh, Justin Fields. Um, 
Through the first seven games, the Bears converted 31.3% of third down tries, the worst in the NFL. In the two games since, they've converted 44.4%, the league's ninth best. So slowly but surely, they're starting to do the things they need to do. Now, being inaccurate is a bad thing. Fields' inaccuracy, partly to blame that his on-target percentage ranks 29th in the league. His percentage of poor throws, 24.7, leads the league. So he is working. He's got to get better. He's got to get a nice, a better rapport with his wide receivers and the tight ends. And I think slowly but surely that's happening. But anybody that expected it to happen immediately, I don't know what you were thinking. I know, and we heard in the Lewis Riddick cut. It's called wishful thinking. Yeah, with the Lewis Riddick cut, he said, there's, there's got to be a long-term vision. The benefit of the doubt is not afforded to people right now. No, it's not. And he's right, because... We're in a very... Our society is immediate. Now. Right. It's absolutely immediate. Yeah. yeah. I want it right now. If I can't get it right now, give me someone that can get it right now. Right. And it's everything. Yeah. It's all... Right. It's all... It's all I, I, in this business, years ago... Shows would be put on the radio, yeah. and they would be given years to develop. And 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 again, I'm using this as an analogy. Jonathan Brandmeier first came to town in 1983. Yeah, he was not big until 85 or 86. Uh-huh. That could not happen. Yeah, anymore. No, they nobody's don't, waiting two or three years. They don't do those it's things. Immediate. Yeah, that's it. Now. Yeah, or go. Yep. There's no doubt. Uh, so we come back. We'll hear from Justin Fields. He was on with Wadlin Sylvie the other day. We'll take your calls. 312-332-3776. And what is your all-time favorite Led Zeppelin song? We'll talk about that, too. We come back. Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. This is Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. And now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2. This is Chicago's home for sports. So, Justin Fields, we went out and broke down a lot of things. Uh, the Patrick Finley article today, good stuff. Get a chance to read it, and uh, we've heard a lot. Yesterday, he was on with Waddle and Sylvie. And I know people say, well, Sylvie wasn't there. I, yeah, they, they recorded the interview. Right. And um, they played it yesterday. We, when, we may be recorded right now. Yeah, I think we're we did everything. this last Tuesday. Yeah, everything we're doing is recorded. <laughs> yeah. We, we did this before the Pittsburgh game. Um Here's the question to Justin Fields. What's the biggest adjustment from college to the pros? Mm-hmm. I just say uh, definitely now um, in the NFL, I'm just hitting a lot more check downs. You know, I, I think, you know, defenses, they do a great job, you know, rushing the quarterback and not letting the receivers get downfield. And, of course, you just have to sometimes just take what the defense gives you. And uh, sometimes the linebackers get a bunch of depth, and, you know, your check down's wide open. So, I mean, just, just stuff like that and kind of just putting together um, positive consecutive plays to, I guess, build up an efficient drive rather in college. You know, if you get sacked on a drive, it, it may not spoil a, ho- a whole drive. So, you know, just putting those positive plays back to back to back together and, you know, just, just uh, finding a way to put points up on the board. Positive consecutive plays. That'd be, that would be nice. That'd yes. be very nice. And there, there are teams where you look at their third down conversions for a, cha- uh, a game where they don't have many third downs. They get a first down, a second down, they and get the first. They right get first, second, to the first. first and second, first and second. And that would be nice to see a Bears offense run that way. And we see David Montgomery's back. They've got Khalil Herbert. They can use him when they want to. Uh, I, 
I'm I'm happy to see that people are actually criticizing the kick returner for the Bears. Because he takes the ball out. If the ball was kicked into the stands and he could take it out of the stands and, and run, run he would. Someone's got to, I mean, Chris Tabor is a Someone's special Someone's got to teach coach. him how to use a knee? As you do something. I mean, especially on a punt. He did this two weeks ago, I think, against the Niners. He took a punt that was three or four yards deep in the end zone and ran it out. Kneel down. You get the ball to 20. What are you doing? You're not getting out there. You're not Superman. I mean, you know... I, I've had this problem even last year when Cordero Patterson was here. I, uh, the last couple of years when he was here. And Cordero Patterson's having a great year with the Atlanta Falcons. But when he was here, I would I would chart how many times he took the ball out of the end zone and how many times he got past the 25. Because the NFL doesn't want guys taking the ball out of the end zone. If it goes in the end zone, you take a knee, you let it go through the end zone, you get the ball at the 25. They're giving you a quarter of the field. What are you right, doing? Right. What are you doing? The odds you're going to get past that. I can that, do it. But yeah. I can do it. The odds are that you get past that are pretty remote. Now, people say he gets a 50-yard return. And people are, See? That's why he took it out. You go, how often does that happen? Right. It, you, it doesn't happen enough to allow the guy to run the ball out. Uh, it's so weird. And that's why that's why Bill Belichick is the head coach he is. Because years ago, when the NFL started that rule, he started having his kicker pooch the kick. So it would land about the five or the six. And they had to return it. And a lot of times they wouldn't get past the 25, so he was getting good field position right off the bat. The Bears had miserable field position against the Steelers. And the Steelers, in the first half, I want to say, the Steelers' average starting field position was their own 48. The Bears was, like, inside their own 25. Right. So it's like you've got to get good field position to start games, and by taking you out of the end zone all the time, that's not going to happen. Again, I went off on a tangent there. But that's... I'm, it's such the Isn't that a, your middle name? Oh yeah. It's the Frederick easiest tangent humor. It, it's, the, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. Ball's in the end zone, take a knee, go to the twenty five. You would think so. Oh my god. So. Um Fields also went on and um they asked him, Are you happy with your development so far? Yes, sir. Uh I am. I think I'm, you know, getting better each and every week. So I think, you know, that's my main goal, just to continue continue uh, uh, continue to get better and, um, you know, just every day at practice, just, you know, get more comfortable with the guys around me and, you know, get more comfortable with this offense. So I think every day I'm growing. Yeah, getting comfortable with the offense is good to hear. Um, you know how he stays after practice. He and Darnell Mooney um, are very, are good friends and they stick around practice afterwards. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that same thing is happening with Robinson and with Cole Komet. Um you know, the, You're right. There's no way all of this stuff that has to because he he didn't take snaps with the uh, the first team, right. and and the whole transition after Dalton, this stuff isn't going to happen immediately. Yeah, but we're seeing positive development. Yet we're not seeing wins. Yeah, listen, they're three and six. The odds that they're going to have a tremendous run and make the playoffs are pretty pretty ridiculous. You're right. not. That's not going to happen. Right. So just this the rest of the season is just about establishing who exactly Justin Fields is and what the Bears' offense is. You have David Montgomery, who's now back after his injury. You have an extra running back. You have a tight end. You have some receivers. How's this going to go? I was surprised they did not try to move Allen Robinson at the at the trade deadline because when you, you're paying a guy $18 million or whatever it is and you're not throwing him the ball, it didn't and make well, sense to have that, him. Well, not chances are we're not keeping him, so right. we're not going to get anything from yeah. him. So that surprised me they didn't try to make a trade. But um, as the season goes on, they still have, what is it, eight games remaining, right? So they're three and four. They've played seven. They have ten games remaining. No, I'm sorry. They're three and six. That's nine games. So they have 
eight games remaining. I was right the first time. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have looked up at the screen for people or for the behind me. If you want to watch we've got like a little uh, calendar on our wall. Yeah, and uh, nobody's up here anymore. They do a lot of their shows downstairs, so, so nobody writes up on the wall wins or losses. So you gotta you gotta round that it. out. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to figure it out. Sharpie and get that done before we do that. Let's go to Naperville and Bill. Bill, what's going on? Hey, Bill. Hey, yeah, you know, I got a quick uh, story. That's my pet peeve about Bear returners stepping out of the end zone. They should never do that. But but you guys might know the story about uh, Johnny Morris and uh, George Hallis. No, I don't know this one. Oh, oh, okay, well, they're before my time, but I heard uh, Johnny Morris tell this story many times, and I love it. He said, you know, when he Johnny Morris was returning kicks for the Bears, mm-hmm. One time he screwed up, he caught the ball, and accidentally stepped out of bounds, like, inside the one-yard line, you know. So so he knew he was in trouble with Hallis. Right. So he tried to walk away and avoid Hallis. So he noticed that no matter where he went, Hallis kept moving towards him. And finally, when Hallis got near him, he he reeled back and kicked Johnny Morris in the shin as hard as he could. <laughs> And he said, if you ever do that again, you are off the team. <laughs> I know they couldn't get away with that now. But no, no, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but because I hate that move, I love that story. Yeah, I mean, Bill, it's been tough to watch because they bring this kid in to return kicks, and he's taken everything out of the end zone, punts and kickoffs. Yeah, well, I, I got chastised for years because I would curse at the television for, for many bear returners yep. who, who did such a stupid thing. And then finally, I gave up the cursing because I realized it didn't do any good, but I didn't want my young sons to pick up that language. Sure. And they picked it up anyway, didn't they? Well, you know what? <laughs> Not yeah. from me. But Not from you. Up. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you, the best thing for them was uh, – I, I tried to yell at them to stop them. That made it worse. Yeah. But, but I said, you know, would you like to accidentally say those words to your mother or grandmother? Right. And that stopped them cold. Yeah, it does. It usually does. Bill, appreciate the call. Thanks, Bill. Fun story. You, that was very cool. Yeah, You know what? Um, the idea of running out of the end zone when you know that you can get that yardage yeah. is kind of akin to a baseball play that the White Sox had an issue with this year. Trying to throw home yeah. this uh, mission cutoff guy, right? Uh-huh. It's the same thing. It's like you're trying to be a hero. Right. That and is it what doesn't often work. No, it rarely works, especially if your name's Eloy Jimenez. He's not. <laughs> I mean, you know, he tries, but he throws a ball and it sails so far. Right. You right, know, right. it's got a rainbow to it. <laughs> right. I think Luis Roberts going to be able to do that. In the future. Um, well, didn't he have a nice put out this yeah, year? He did. He did. He, he did. did. Look, it's all about, uh, you know, just hitting baseball for a second. It's all about judgment at that point. But the idea that you want to try to get that big play at home is the same thing as running it out of the end yeah. zone. You think you're going to get this big play, and it's right. like the knee has to be taken. Yeah. And you're right. And we're wondering why we keep we keep seeing this. Isn't the coaching there? Yeah, I know. That's. I mean, if I'm Chris Tabor, I say, you know what? There's no way. Don't. Don't. Someone should be able to yell to this guy. Stay in the end zone. Or at don't. Least do, don't kick run him out. In the shin. <laughs> that would be nice. Chris Tabor, kick him in the shins. That'd be fun. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're here till three o'clock. Your favorite Led Zeppelin song. Now they're out. There's Mine a, are going to surprise you, there's as a, you know. There's a reason that I'm asking the question, and we'll talk about it when we come back after this. 
Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. talking a lot about the Blackhawks. We talked a little bit about the Bulls. They continue their five-game road trip uh, in Los Angeles. They get the Clippers Sunday night, and then Monday night they get the Lakers. LeBron's still out. He's got a problem. He ain't, He's not playing. Um, and then they, uh, they finish it with Portland and then Denver before coming home. We saw that uh, without Vucevic, they have no rebounding, and or at least not much. Yeah. We have a pull-up. We have there. a pull-up. Yeah. Uh, how many wins will the Bulls get in the next four road games? And again, Clippers, Lakers, Portland, Denver. All road games. They lose last night because Steph Curry has 40. They lost 119-93. Bulls didn't shoot all that well either. Um, first half was tough. DeRozan won for six. Ball won for eight. But um, I think they're 500 the rest of the way. Yeah. Okay, so two and two. That's not bad. We'll see. We'll see how they do. Uh, eight and four right now. They are just a half half game out from being the best team in the Eastern Conference right now, which is a shock to many uh, people. We knew they but were going to be improved this year. See, that's how quick things yeah. can turn around if you put the right people in the right places and give them ability to make the right choices. Right. right? Took them a little while, uh, but the Bulls finally did it. They brought in AK and Mark uh, Eversley and all that stuff. So um, that's a good thing. So the reason I'm asking. Mark Xander, a man who worked in uh, music radio forever. Uh, and For, a when day. did you start? And a day. Yeah. 1990. Okay. That's close to forever. Yeah. Yeah, 30-some yeah. years. Yep. Um, earlier this week, Cap and Jay Hood and Carmen, they were talking about Led Zeppelin's Cap is isn't he like one of the uh, uh, most well-known people and authorities on Led Zeppelin? Not at all. <laughs> no. No, he's not. I, I listen to him comment on music. It yeah. is very entertaining. Yeah, I know. Uh, it drives me a little nuts too, because but that's okay. Well, and I'm I'm weird. I love music. The thing that I don't do that a lot of other people do is they if they like a song, they're really into the lyrics. I can like a song and love a song and not know the lyrics and maybe not even know the name of the song. I can do that. See, yes, yeah. Look, because when, of the way it people sounds di- and people digest music differently. Like, yeah. are you lyric first? Are you melody first? Are you guitar first? Yeah. I mean, there are different things. Sure, I happen to be in a lot of ways. I notice bass lines. I've, I play the bass. I'm not well, uh-huh. but I, I notice bass lines. But I agree with it with you. I lyric. I'm not a lyric first guy. No, but I do have appreciation for lyrics sometimes. Right. But some I can like a song and the lyrics like Red Hot Chili Peppers. The lyrics are ridiculous. Yeah, but I like them. Sure. Sure, I but understand. But they're absolutely ridiculous. They make no a lot of times. They make no <laughs> right. sense. Listen, I'm a Rush fan. Trying to try to figure out their lyrics. Well, uh, right, you know? right. It's like reading a uh, a novel. Right. Yeah. It, they're it, all sometimes bizarre. you don't need to digest it. Yeah. Just dig so, the music man. So the other day they're talking about the song "Stairway to Heaven" and "Stairway to Heaven" and the album, the fourth album by Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin Four. Yep. Uh, appropriately named. Um, also named Zoso. Came out. November 8th in 1971. The Runes? Yes. That's another is name it? for it? Yeah. Is it? There have been several names. So, you know, and when I, I pulled some of these from the uh, from our archive, yeah. so some of them aren't the song. They're like beds. So you'll hear something, you know, right. come up and things like that. So, But everybody knows this song. 
And I heard Carmen say this is only like his fourth or fifth favorite Led Zeppelin song. And I am one of those, some, now looking back at it, I'll say a stubborn son of a bee. Because when I was first getting into music, it was the early 70s, which is right this time. Yeah. Okay. But everybody told me I had to listen to the Stones and Zeppelin and the Who. I don't like being told what to do. So it was 72. I listened to Aerosmith's first album, Supertramp's first album in the States, because they were already had a couple albums over in England. So I listened to their first one, which was Crime of the Century. We can we can pot this down. Or I can just hit it. See, it's, it's just going to keep that. It's just going to keep going. Um, so I didn't like doing that. So I didn't get into Zeppelin or the Stones or that when I was in high school and that. I got into other groups. And then slowly but surely, as I understood music a little bit more, I said, hmm, they're pretty good. So, so yeah, I caught up Maybe on everybody. Maybe sometimes you should listen. I, well, no, nah, I don't think so. I caught up on everybody, okay? And I love the first, I love their, I love Zeppelin's first. Well, listen, when you, when you start an album with your very first album, you have good times, bad times, right? No, no. First is a communication breakdown. I think yep. the first song, first album. Yep. And when you start an album, you start your career with that. Awesome. Yeah, you're, you're, you'll be okay. But a lot of bands have started their career with a powerful first album. Yeah. And then it just goes down from there. That's why Led Zeppelin's so incredible because it kept getting better. Yeah. And, you know, it may depend on your taste, but, you know, they developed over the years. Right. And, and they pulled the plug. Well, the plug was pulled on them with John Bonham's death. Right. And they remain legendary because what you don't want to do, like the Beatles, they quit at the right time. You don't want to just all of a sudden. You know, start putting out albums that are hitting the cutout bin, and that's the end of your right. If anybody remembers what a cutout bin is, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> what a record is. Thing. They remember what a record is, yeah. which are, they're all obviously coming back. So, I wanted to ask you what your favorite Zeppelin song is. If you want to jump in three one two three three two three seven seven six, and before I do, I went and Rolling Stone did a list on January of twenty nineteen. Now, I'm yeah. sure they probably did a couple more lists about the favorite Zeppelin songs. They listed the top 40. That is the world's original clickbait, is those stupid No, no I know, I know. <laughs> they listed the top 40 uh, Zeppelin songs. Now, really? I went, on, if you go online and look for best Led Zeppelin songs, you'll get from all different kinds of people, different magazines, different sure. publications. But if you're Rolling Stone, everybody knows it, okay? Okay. So... I'll go from 10 down to 1, All right. and then we'll get to yours. And if you want to jump in, 312-332-3776. Number 1, uh, Misty Mountain Hop. That's 10. I'm sorry, number 10. 10. Yeah, okay. the first one. Okay. Uh, number 9. Rock and roll. Yep. yep. Number 9 is rock and roll. See, I'm, I'm surprised that didn't do better. Yeah. That's a defining song for yeah. them. Yeah, I think so. Number 8 was When the Levee Breaks. Number seven. Of course, with the uh, the reference to Chicago. Again, lyrics? Yeah. No, okay. Uh, now, number, come on. You should at least know that. Number seven, the immigrant song. Uh-huh. Um, number six, good times, bad times. Number five. I think I have this one, actually. Uh, Is it a karaoke version? No, I don't, because it, I, the way I had it, it was, it was just a background. Number four. Is actually one of my favorites. Cashmere. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Great song. Okay. Then you got Black Dog number three. They list Stairway to Heaven number two. Yeah. And then Hold On to Love number one. So now, predictable. 
Now, so predictable, one and two. So predictable. This is a song that I is one of my favorites. And it's weird because it doesn't sound like a Zeppelin right here. This just right here, it sounds a little bouncy. And, well, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's what really kind of caught people off guard. That was part of their growth. Yeah. Right? As soon as people thought that they nailed them in a uh, box, right? They put out something like that. Yeah. I mean, they. I mean, the Stones were more bluesy than than Zeppelin was. No. No. You don't. Th- no. No. In my time of dying. Um, uh, how many more times? No, 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 no. Stones were more bluesy and a very, um, more of a pop level. The blues stuff that Led Zeppelin did was uh-huh. deep down, I mean, Willie Dick. I mean, look, they got busted for ripping Willie Dixon off. Right. So, yeah, no, no, no. There, I, I would not agree with that. It's two different levels of blues, but when you get into the Zeppelin catalog, they've got very deep blues songs. Yeah, okay. So... Two songs, I mean, my, my favorites are probably in there, because like I said, because I was late coming to them, I really like Cashmere. Then there's two songs I like, and I had to look them up, because again, I, I forgot the names, but I remember them. And they're on an album that, if people were ranking Zeppelin albums, this would be near the bottom of the list. Presence? Yeah. Oh, I love Presence. Yeah. And two of my favorite songs are on that, Achilles' Last Stand and Nobody's Fault But Mine. Yep. Great song. I My favorite songs, my top ten are n- not one of those. Not one of those are no, your no, top ten? No, here's why. Here's okay. why. First of all, when, when you do this for a living, the more you play something, oh God, the less yeah. you want to hear it in your personal life. You didn't want to hear a lot of Stairway to Heaven, right? I, I'm, I'm over it. I <laughs> yeah. mean, when I, was a, when I was a little kid and I first discovered Led Zeppelin, yeah. that song was probably four years old. I loved it. Sure. Uh, you know, time marches on. Uh, but I agree with Stones you. Stones have a song called Time yeah, Marches on. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my, my top one... And, it's really a grouping of songs, but it's, you know, a whole lot of love. There's another great song that I'll always appreciate. Maybe that's in my top ten. But my top song is uh, the Wonton song. Okay. You know that one? From Physical Graffiti. Yeah. Great album. Yeah. Uh, For Your Life from Presence. That's another great song that I really appreciate. So I've got a bunch of them that are really under the radar. None only of these. Because, your, none of these top ten. No. No, no, no. Huh. Because... Because most of those I've played yeah. over and over and over um, in my time of dying from physical graffiti. So there, uh, but then again, if you ask somebody that spent time on rock radio for years, yeah, you're going to get the same answer. You're going to get the deeper cuts, sure, that didn't really get exposed on radio so much. Yeah. Well, I like people. If people ask me what my favorite Aerosmith song was, that it probably be something like same old song and dance mm-hmm. it wouldn't be it, would, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't be, be obvious sweet right. emotion or right. dream on or any and usually ones. when you uh, when you are a an extreme fan of a band you'll look past the obvious yeah yeah That's and typical there, there's a rush song that people don't probably don't even know but they have a song called i think i'm going bald i know it very well yeah yeah and and I'm caress of steel we were at a concert and that was one of their that was one of their encore songs i actually played that on the loop <laughs> did you yes i did <laughs> which you probably got fired i worked at the loop 20 years ago in a very cool time where we were allowed to really expand i mean we played at the time i was there people might not remember this version of the loop but i played Brand new Lincoln Park. Okay. Then we played Deeper Rush like that. There was, uh, 
I remember we had a Sunday. We called it the Shock and Awe Sunday. It was uh-huh. right after 9-11. We kind of used that. Yeah. And we played the weirdest stuff. That was my one of my favorite shows to ever have done because we played all this deep cuts and all this great stuff that didn't get played on the radio. So I had a lot of fun in my five years there because we were in that time where we were allowed to do stuff like that. Sure. You know what they? Ne- you know what people never played on radio? Uh, they, I, I mean, I mean, y'all tell me that you played some one or two of the songs, but nobody played nearly enough Montrose from their first album. Oh there. yeah, I played a bunch. It was Space Station number oh, five. Yeah, and that I played, kind of I stuff. played all of that. Rock Candy, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but but Bad Motor Scooter. You're not going to hear. You, you didn't hear no, much of that. No, if at no, all. you didn't. But again, back to that time, it was a, uh, it was uh, 2000, 2005. I don't know what it was. It was just kind of convergence. But I also was part of developing the station that's now The Drive. And, I mean, I put in songs that you'll never hear on the radio again that right. they start, They were playing. So it was a very cool time to be in rock radio. We played all that Montrose stuff. Yeah, yeah we did. And you, you're not going to hear that much anymore. And that kind of sucks. It does. It does. It, it does. That's it does. why. For anybody who is into older, what we used to call album rock. Yeah. They have a song called Jump On It, which is a great song. Yep. I know. And um, that's one of my, and I would have never heard that one on the radio. No. 312-332-3776. You want to jump in with your favorite Led Zeppelin song if it's not one we gave you. And if you are old enough to listen to WLS back in the day when they played Stairway to Heaven, they played a very bad (laughs) two minute and 42 second edit. Well, it's kind of like when you saw, if you saw the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, when they're trying to sell... Uh, Bohemian, when we were trying to sell. And they wanted it, yeah. Yeah, they, we wanted to play the whole thing. No, no, we need like two and a half, three minutes. Uh, that was a formula yeah, back then. We're going six something. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was a formula. Fred Zander here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Now, back to more Fred and Zander on ESPN 1000. There's your Stones, Fred. Yeah, yeah, I know this one. I actually saw the Stones at the uh, at the stadium. They had a tour where they started the concert, and there were three two, three triangles up, like covered. Okay. And as the concert opened, one triangle went down, one came down, and then Mick was hanging on the tip of the third one as it came down. And then he started playing. So the stage was huge all over the place. Uh, and then I watched it for somehow. I knew the guy. What year? What album? 77. No idea. 77, so that's, 78. Uh, no. Okay, that's right before Some Girls? Yeah, Probably I think some so. Some Girls tour. So, and it was um, it was great because um, I knew a guy that could get us into the organ loft at the oh. old stadium. So we sat up in the organ loft, which was very, very cool, away from everybody else, had sure. some space. Sure. So that was very, very nice. The old stadium was fun for concerts. That that would have been a good tour to see. I saw Queen uh, in January of 76, I think it was. I saw Queen with Thin Lizzy as a backup. I am such a huge Thin Lizzy that, fan. That was really good. Yeah. And, uh, I yeah, mean, Queen I was, as well. But I, I, between, Thin Lizzy never got the due that they really should have gotten here no, in the States. not at all. But if you go back and listen to their albums, yeah. wow. Between 75 and 76, I went to 35 concerts. The most expensive ticket was probably 1350 Yeah. And we and we said, come on! And you made $2 you an hour. And you know, what I'm pay- you know what I'm paying for Genesis tickets? Come on. Ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm going to see Elton John what, next year. you paid year. for all of those 35 oh, yeah. shows. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. I'm going to see Elton John next year. 
I thought I paid a lot for Genesis. No. No. No, no, no. So Elton Are you John trying to Soldier break a Field. record? No, I've, the record's been broken, and I think it's over with. I don't think I'm going anymore. You're done? Unless what, I go to Vegas. What, what, what was the Elton price? Per two, ticket. Two something. Wow. Yeah. But I told you my best was 175 Yeah. I don't look to break that. No, I don't. This is the last time. <laughs> and this is coming from somebody who's worked in this industry for well, years. Yeah, you had a lot, seen a, lot <laughs> a lot of freebies. A lot of freebies. A lot of freebies. I had to pony up 175 yeah. bucks. Somebody, uh, Day, or Dan got to us on uh, Twitter and said, um, when the levee breaks is his favorite. And um, Darren said, good question. As a teen, when the levee breaks got older and didn't, I didn't realize it, over the hills and far away replaced it. So... That was uh, when the levee breaks. I that is in my top ten. Over the hills, no, I've played that way too many times. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that and Misty Mountain Hop. No thanks. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to listen to Zeppelin when I leave here. We got a couple more minutes. I want to rattle off one thing. Um, people in Chicago probably know Mark Carmen. Mark Carmen's worked at other stations. He does some stuff. Uh, he does some of the uh, NBA stuff when uh, Jason Goff's not around mm-hmm. for. Um, NBC Sports Chicago and stuff like that. Uh, they had Dick Butkus on one of their podcasts the other day. And uh, the the Bear um, Hall of Famer said that um, <laughs> that the entire Bear uh, offensive line ought to be arrested for attempted murder. <laughs> it sounds like something he would say. Yeah, he said, he goes, and, and a couple other people should be arrested for imitating cornerbacks. But anyway, yeah, I'm frustrated. I think George McCaskey and the Bears' head office should all be doing some drastic things. So that's what he's saying. 78 years old. uh, Talked about their potential move to Arlington Heights. He said they should stay downtown. But he acknowledged the massive financial windfall that could be there if, in fact, they build a big stadium. It does not bother me at all if they move. I I don't understand understand it. I mean, look, I've been... And I will again. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. I understand that they need to make more money. Yeah. We need to have a higher level of experience. After going to Lambeau during the summer and just walking through the atrium of the stadium, it's like our Lambeau's place is awesome. like a shed. Yeah. Lambeau's awesome. And not a good shed. No. Um, so our, our poll question today was, on the remaining four games of the road trip that the Chicago Bulls have, how many games will they win? One, two, three, or four? Pretty simple to put up. Uh, what, what did it come up with, Sean? Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement here. 52% say two. Two? Two. Okay. I, think That's right. I know Xander said the same thing. Yeah, the middle two of the, of the road trip against Portland and the Lakers. Do you think the Lakers, because the Lakers yeah. were still without without uh, LeBron? He's not without playing. LeBron, and they're really not playing well. Yeah. They blown out last night by the Minnesota Timberwolves, who only have two wins on the season. So Yeah. Ouch. I think those two games are winnable, but Denver and the Clippers would be tough. Well, especially Denver if you don't have uh, Vooch back and, you know, Jokic is just going to. Absolutely. And by the way, most expensive ticket I bought was for my wife, Janet Jackson Velvet Rope Tour. Yeah. Front you know, row seats, 350 So Front wow. row. Well, yeah, front row. Yeah. That's, that's, wow. yeah. Look yeah. at you. Oh, my Elton John. Birthday present. Uh, we're in the seats you for Elton well. John. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Um, yeah, like I said, back in the day, I found some ticket stubs, six fifty, seven and a quarter. Oh, I know. remember those. Th- yeah. I remember. Yeah. Bears were a dollar. It wasn't all that bad growing two. up back then. Yeah. It, you know, when he wanted but to again, see a band. made $2 an hour. Well, I made less than that sometimes. Worked for my dad. Buck 85. Yeah. Um, that was the first minimum wage I remember. Was it? When I was working. Dollar eighty five. Yeah. Which was the, which <laughs> yes. was the bottom of this? It, was, the, the, was the bottom four wins on the uh, poll? 
Was that the, the Oh absolutely at eight percent? Yeah, nobody yeah. thought they'd yeah. win four. No, no. no. Yeah, nobody no, really thinks they'll win one. That's at thirteen percent. So. Okay. Okay. So they and you know what? If nothing else, they're just fun to watch. It's they're, they're even last it's a night. A lot more fun than it has been it in sure recent is. years. It sure, sure is. Don't forget tomorrow it'll be the uh, even without football. There'll be the fantasy football show tomorrow. Jeff Meller at eight a.m. Uh, Xander and I will be back next week, one o'clock. We're getting you ready for Bears and Ravens. Thanks to Sean Davis. Thanks to all the callers. Yep. Uh, I think I'm going to go listen to some Zeppelin on the way home. Me too. Yeah. Why not? Thanks for listening here on ESPN One Thousand.